If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're saved and you know it, say amen. It's an awful lot of truth to that hymn, as we'll see next, here on Truth For Today. Indeed, if we are saved, if we're walking by the Holy Spirit, being led by Him, then our life will show it. We'll act differently. We'll live differently. And uniquely, as we'll see today, we deal differently with one another as spiritual people. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Join us for today's broadcast of Truth For Today as we take a look at spiritual people and how they treat one another. From the book of Galatians, here's Pastor Phil Howard. We must be walking in dependence on the Spirit, right? Because all of a sudden we can be caught, caught by surprise, overtaken. It was used to be trapped. All of a sudden, boom, the bear's foot is in the trap. All of a sudden, the fish has taken the bait. And just like James, we've been led out by our lust, and we took the bait. And when the bait was taken, we sinned, and then we experienced death. It, it's it's uh, scary to fall into sin and to be surprised and ambushed. And then you fell down, and you sin. And now the issue is, what do we do with the person who acts this way? What do we do with them? Uh, I want to say this, first of all, and this, a little plug for biblical ethics. If you don't believe in truth, nothing can ever be wrong. If you don't believe you, in a ruler, and our culture is relative in ethics, relative about everything, nothing is for, if it feels good, do it. Now, what a wonderful ruler. Feels good to who? You? Yeah. So let's quote that to Hitler. If it feels good to kill who you hate, go ahead. That's the law. Because we can't say murder's wrong. Just go ahead and do it. The guy told me one time, it's okay to sleep with any way you want. I said, well, then I could rape your mother. And he got a little hostile. I said, no, I want to practice your ethics. If it's good enough for everybody else, it's good enough to rape your mother. Because you won't admit that's wrong. He said, well, don't be messing with my family. I said, oh, we're not talking about your family. We're talking about ethics. Is anything right or wrong? Well, he has just named 15 works of the flesh. That he said, those who do them will not inherit the kingdom of God. We know that. And so maybe what this brother fell down into in 6-1 and was doing was obviously some work of the flesh, so you can call it sin. If you can't call anything sin, you don't know how to restore anybody. You need to get them a prescription, you need to get them a therapist, but you don't have anything in the biblical medicine cabinet that will get them well, because this thing's deeper than a biblical solution. They may, they may need some kind of special shock treatment. We're not talking about physical ailments. We're talking about sinful behavior. If a brother or sister is overcome in a sinful act, and you know about it, and they're caught in it, what should we do? 
Who should do it and how should it be done? First of all, what should we do? Number one, let's talk about them. Let's call in the prayer line and say, I have a special unspoken prayer request. Sister uh, so-and-so just got caught in sin, but I thought you all should pray about it. Did he say do that? Call the pastor. I just saw someone sinning. Ooh, I'm telling the pastor. Isn't that mature? Isn't that spiritual? Uh, then say do that. Uh, it said restore them. And the word restore is a medical term that means to set a broken bone. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever done that, but that's not a fun assignment. I think there will be a little screaming and kicking, especially if it's children. It's a pretty painful thing. It was used of mending broken nets. The idea was to put it back into functional order, put it back to function as it was intended, and the sin has uh, broken something. The sin has made them where they can't function right. Help adjust them to function right. And uh, he uh, uh, gives us that assignment, said if you, if you know of somebody, do that. Now, here, not everybody you approach maybe will be restored. They may refuse repentance. Well, we get into other Bible there. You get 1 Corinthians. It may go all the way to the church. But according to Matthew 18, 15 through 18, the first assignment is not to go prove the brother wrong, but to win him. And the word for win is the same word used in 1 Corinthians 9 of winning people to the gospel. Go to win them to the right. So, uh, what do we do? We need somebody to help restore them. They've sinned. Um, we've got to get involved. And I must say that um, in the church, some people panic anytime they hear that somebody in this church has sinned. Did you know that in a week, in a week, the amount of sin we know around here is only the tip of the iceberg? And God's good to us. If we knew everything all of you were doing all the time, we might just panic. But God lets enough come to the surface that he wants us someone to deal with to help a brother or sister. He lets us see enough that we get an opportunity to be a paramedic in the spiritual life and try to adjust them, set that broken bone. But the issue comes up who does it? Brothers, and we would include sisters. That's a generic term for the body of Christ. And I am sensitive to male and female. God is. He used it. But it would include sisters. You who are the spiritual elite should restore him. I say, well, I'm not that. Or, or maybe spiritual. How many believers have the Holy Spirit? I heard all, everyone. Sounds pretty good. All in favor, say aye. Everybody's got the Spirit, right? Everybody that's a believer walks in the Spirit or they're in sin, 
right? So all of you are walking in the Spirit, right? Or, or you need to be restored. You either walk keeping in step of the Spirit, or you falling along the pathway, and you now need someone in the Spirit to restore you. Because I do not think he's saying here the spiritually elite. He's just been telling you, we're not under the law of Moses. We're not under the control of the flesh. We're under the control of the Spirit. We're spirit people. We're spirit people. We're spirit people. And you who have the Holy Spirit are the ones who are competent to do the restoring. But you talk about a punting issue in the church. Nobody wants to touch it. This is only for the pastors. I don't want anyone to know what I did. Now, this is a sin that you obviously have come upon. By the way, here's another one. Don't go out after the sermon and start examining everybody. No, it, 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 will, just, it, it will just be there. It, 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 boom. I... I used to, as a young pastor, anytime I heard of trouble, I was halfway across town trying to deal with it by the time I got the story straight. Now, I just lie low. I just lie low. I'll hear something on some of, hey, did you know? I just bide my time, and then there'll be a few saints. Are you aware? No, I'm not really fully. I've heard, but I'm not really aware. Well, what are you going to do? Right now, I'm going to order a hamburger. <laughs> huh, aren't you? No. That's how I used to be when I really cared. No. You know what the orthopedist told me about my hip? Got this hip replaced. And uh, I was in there, and it always hurt me real bad and everything. And so he said, well, you know what you need? And I said, what? He said, you need your hip replaced. And I said, oh, man. And then he showed me the prosthesis and how they cut the bone off, and we'll get in there. So, whoa, 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 it's not that bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. He said, a little short doctor, he looked at me, he says, in orthopedics, the patient requests the surgery. We don't drum up business. When it gets bad enough, we'll meet. I'm in Canada with the Rollins, Victoria. I get where I can't walk. I barely get home. By the time I did, I had to get a cane. I go and see him with a cane. I said, when can we have that surgery? He said, well, I, I thought it was. I said, that's the way it used to be. I want it now. I went on the calendar. And that's what you watch with some folks. You, you just got, it's got to get bad enough. Just don't be guessing and try to make the saints sin or make them sick or second guess. No, no, no. No, no. It'd be obvious that they made a misstep. But guess what? Would it not be wonderful to be a part of a fellowship that we have about a thousand people in both services, adults, as a whole, claim to be a Christian. Let's say 90% of you are. Look at the person next to you. They may not be. I don't know. Uh, don't do it right now. Uh, and, uh, they, uh, and just think if we had 900 spiritual paramedics in this church. That if I ever get a burden too heavy to carry, they've got the discernment to know I need a word. I need an encouragement. It's two 
if I'm into a sinful attitude, a sinful mood, uh, I haven't even done the deed, but I'm thinking, I'm, I keep talking, I'm leaving him, I'm leaving my husband, I'm getting, I'm, I just went out, I just, I need a change, I'm leaving him, and you say, well, you get, you're falling down in your attitude about God's will and God's word. I don't tell me, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to do it, I'm going and we had 900 saints around here that says, well, did you know God's employed me as his spiritual paramedic? And when people make a wreck of their life on the road to Jericho, I've been called of God to pour in oil, set broken bones, and get you up where you can walk again. Because you've obviously quit walking. You've thrown out something out of joint. Now, some of you have made such missteps in your life You have done tragic things that for the rest of your life, you're going to walk with a limp. But guess what? You can still walk in the Spirit even if you got a limp. You keep on. There's some things you can't undo. That divorce you went through and and that affair you had and and that deal you did and that deal you said, it'll never be the same. No, it won't. Ask Jacob. After that night, God just disjointed that hip, and, and by the way, in front of him was Esau. He said, now go see Esau. Whoa, Lord, if I've ever needed to be able to walk, I need to run tonight. He said, I fixed you where you can never run again. You're going to realize I'm the only one big enough to deliver you from your enemies. It won't be your running and your scheming. It's going to be the God that keeps you in front of Esau. And some of you got a limp, but you can still walk in the Spirit. Some sins have permanent kind of damages on our social structure. And so what does he say? What's the problem? Somebody fell down. Who should get involved? Those who are spiritual. Those who have the Holy Spirit. And and God has a way. He won't bring people in your life that you're not the one that can. If you love the Word, love the Spirit, God might be able to say a right word to restore them. They don't need to book a counseling appointment. They don't need a therapist. They need some spiritual saint governed by the Spirit. Said, I'd like to help set that. But wait, how do they do it? Do this with gentleness. The law and the Pharisees they always called a court, wanted to figure out if they can give the death penalty, wanted to see if he stone them. But guess what? He just said the fruit of the Spirit produces gentleness. And gentleness has these concepts. One, there's three lead thoughts in gentleness. Humility, first of all. And he's going to say this. Consider yourself. You too could be tempted. So that's humility. We come in humility. Hear me. Hear me this. When you catch somebody in the wrong, you're set up to be proud because you've got the advantage. When they're wrong and you're in the right, you've always got an opportunity for pride. Because you've only been right about four times in your life. And when you get somebody worse than you, it's a good time to say, I am somebody. No, no. It's time for you to be humble because you could be the next one to fall. Always restore someone like it was you because tomorrow it could be. That's a little scary, but I think it's biblical. He that thinks he stands needs to take heed lest he fall. Now, I believe in the security of the believer. I believe in the perseverance of the saints. 
But it's amazing how much sinning you can do and still persevere. Take heed. So with humility you come. I'm humble. That's the idea of the word. Uh, And that word meant to be teachable. Uh, You go in there, not authoritarian, but teachable. And then it was friendly, kind. Don't act shocked when you find sin in a brother. Any more than you want us to act shocked when we discover it's you that's committing it. I had a woman years ago. Came to us out of a life of promiscuity. Was a a royal liar. Been divorced. Been through lots of stuff. Was a real fast chick. Came to this church, got saved. God did wonderful things for her. And at a time in the church when we were going through struggles and dealing with sin and, and there's some sin issue we were dealing with in the church, she made an appointment and she came in. How are you and everything? Pastor, I, I feel God's leading me from this church. Okay. Uh, okay, what, what do we want to talk about? She said, well, I'm going to tell you why. I said, oh, okay, tell me. She said, I've decided this church isn't holy enough. I said, is that right? She said, yeah, I've got to go where churches are holy. I said, and you think they're going to let you join? <laughs> you need to find a church like we were that when you came back from the pig pen with all that slop on you, we loved you well. We told you how to be saved. We helped feed your kids. You had two kids, and we helped you with them. Uh, we, we try to see you quit not to sleep with anybody in town. We try to see you uh, learn to tell the truth. Of all the people I've ever pastored, I never thought you'd be the one that would set the holiness standard for this church because you've been one of the biggest wrecks we've dealt with. What done come over you? Got conceited. Got arrogant. Uh, I find every epistle in the New Testament, there was some kind of sin he had to deal with in every church. Read Corinthians. Have any ever read that lately? Anybody suing a brother? Anybody sleeping with prostitutes? This is 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 5. Any of you sleeping with your stepmother? I hope not. See Pastor Rollins if you are. Uh, chapter 7, they're struggling over singleness. Chapter 8, they're stumbling one another over their liberties. They don't love each other enough to not tell them everything they're able to do. And they were flaunting their liberty and they were ruining brothers that were weak. Chapter 11, they were coming drunk to the Lord's table and he had to tell them to quit having their potlucks before communion because too many folks were drunk at the Lord's table. Could you imagine tonight when we take communion that five of our deacons come to the Lord's table drunk? That's what they did at Corinth. Why didn't he tell them they weren't at church? Why didn't he tell them they weren't holy? He told them in the first chapter, first verse, to the sanctified in Christ Jesus. Not living it But in Christ, set apart, 
Ephesians, stop your lying. Stop your grieving. Colossians, put away all this stuff of the flesh. On and on and on. Revelation 2, we end. Hey, you've got a Jezebel in the church that's seducing my servants with fornication. These are one of the churches of Asia. Jesus didn't call anything a church that's not a church. He knows what a church is. Let me tell you, saints, we need to get over the naivety. We are walking through a barnyard in this world trying to live for God, and there's lots of manure in the path of the believer and in the path of the sheep. And it's easy to fall in it. It's easy to smell like it. And it's easy to be contaminated by it. You've got to constantly be claiming this blood of Christ that he said in John is continually cleansing me from sin. And the Spirit is continually leading us for he's getting us through a dirty, filthy world. Don't be shocked. But at the same time, don't be naive. Be on your guard. And we need to help restore one another. We need to, with gentleness, I'm dealing now with three cases I'm tracking down where sin has taken place. I'm trying to get the people in, trying to have the appointment. You know why? I don't want to stone them. I want to set the broken Christian life and get them back up walking again. That's what grace and spirit's all about. And oh, how we need to pray for each other. I hope to God he'll keep the pastoral staff of this church. There's enough temptations without you having this neighborhood full of the fact that we're crooks and we're this and that. And I hope you don't fall down. But you know what? If you do, you don't have to leave the church and you don't have to quit. Get around one of the Spirit-led saints walking in the Spirit, and they can help set you up, bind up your wound, and say, let's just keep going. God will forgive you. God will strengthen you. And we're not here to stone you. We're here to help you bear your load. That's what church is about. Our Father, I thank you that I brought my load to you. And it was sin. It was heavy. I was like pilgrim on the way to the city of destruction. And I had a heavy load with all my sins on it, and only one could bear it, and that was Messiah Jesus. He hath borne our transgressions. He has borne our griefs, and the iniquity of us all fell on him. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for being my burden, my sin burden bearer. Thank you. You didn't send me to hell, but you took the load off and put it on your own back. Help us as your people. May this be a safe community to fail as well as to be restored. May we not presume on the grace of God to see how much sin we can do, but may we not lose hope when we fall down. For you will not disown us for falling, but send out your restoration ambulance in the saints to help set up a wounded brother or sister, a fallen down saint. May we be people who seek to restore each other, just like Jesus came and poured oil in our wounds that we might be whole. Help us, deliver us from legalism and the beam in our eye that makes us critical. 
Give us a humility to say, it could have been me. And let us do it with gentleness. In Jesus' name, amen. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Questions, comments about the program, as always, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by giving us a call, 855-833-9864. If you've got a question for Pastor Phil, you can use your smartphone. The Voice Memo app on that smartphone is a great way to reach out to us with your questions, praise reports, and comments. Simply record your question, who you are, where you're calling from, and then email it to us, tftquestions at valleybible.org. Again, that's tftquestions at valleybible.org. And again, as always, you'll find more information about Truth For Today at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. Now, Truth For Today is a listener-supported ministry. We have friends and family members who have come alongside to financially support the ministry to ensure that it continues on this radio station. Would you be a part of that family, that friendship? We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us again. You can securely donate at truthfortodayradio.org or by calling 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.